All right, let's pray. Father, we ask and we see there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be huge as we see ourselves in you. The name alone is glorified, even as we are glorified alongside everyone who hear us in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. God is not controlling you. Let's let's start that this morning. So we we we've we've been we've been on um on how to study the Bible and interpret the Bible. And one way we said we will interpret the Bible is number one, we'll read the Bible like a conversation. And we said the use of chapters and verses did not come from the authors and they were introduced by the translators. So that means you must not think the Bible is that English. And um, chapters and verses are relevant, but what are they used for? They are used for majorly referencing. So what, what do you what what's the major aim of chapters and verses? Is the, the, the just for reference purpose? Like okay, this verse was saying this, this verse was saying this. But in proper study, it's not for proper study. So you see, we, we said we read the Bible in in a conversation. We said where did the conversation start? Who is the speaker talking to? The audience must be well addressed. Who is the speaker talking to? Where did the conversation start? So. For example, those who wrote um, those who wrote the epistles wrote to members of their church and they expected the elders or the pastor of that church to carry out the instructions contained. It's like saying, it's like saying you it's like saying um, my pastor wrote a letter now to Supernatural Community Church and says, read this letter. Will they come and give a normal regular woman being? No, I'm not saying a regular word, but I mean like a regular worker or member. No, they will give the pastor. So it's the pastor that will now read it and carry out the instructions that is contained in that letter. Does that make sense? That is exactly how it is. So when they wrote a letter in the scriptures, all those letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Corinth, who were they writing it to? They were writing it to the leader of that church. Who will now... So when it says, say to Archippus, so you know that it's not everybody will just say to the archivist. You imagine a normal worker going and telling a fellow worker, say, they say I should tell you. They say, take it to your ministry, as per who. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is that leader that will now say, see, warn yourself. Take your take it to your ministry. Are you getting what I'm saying? So like that. Uh, help us to greet her for Jesus. The whole church will now stand up and say, help us to greet her for Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see that it's the leader that will carry out that instruction. So the, it was audience specific. So in reading those things, it's just like when you're reading the, it's just like when you're reading um, the Taonomi and you read, and Moses died. Uh, so the Moses died and now documents his death. <laughs> that, that's not possible anyway. So that shows that it was audience-specific in the sense of he had to write and in his writing, he had to... It's not, it's not him that write, wrote it, but it was edited by Joshua and all of those things. They compiled it together and let it see that this is his letter. And some people will say, did Paul and write some of the letters himself? Also, did some of these people had write some of the letters himself? And the best explanation I give is, you, you, Supernatural Community Church, uh, brochures. I teach this sermon. Do I write it? If we were to put a name, whose name will you put? 
Sisterhood care, I no, no. You get what I'm saying? You will put my name. That's exactly how it is. So many of those things were not really written. Even even Moses is there. That's why we say the. In fact, we're going to touch these things more later. The Genesis authorship is still a bit, is still a bit shady. You know why? Because the documents and the writings were not it's just like especially genesis 1 genesis 2 genesis 3 genesis they are stories that has always been so who eventually wrote that story so we have to so that's why sometimes which you just hear me say the author of genesis because i'm trying to be careful in a more theological uh, conversation are you getting me so did moses really handwrite some of those things not on Jeffrey says, I can show you some document where it doesn't look like he's the one writing. Where he would tell her, put this down. Write this in memoria. If he's the one that is writing, will he say, write this in memoria? I, I don't know if I've read those parts in the first five books. That's why you have to be thinking and read through it. Is it write this down in memoria of you. Uh -uh. If he's the one writing, he should have just written it instead of saying, write this down. Same thing with Paul. You will see some parts where he says, where Paul will say, um, that thing, um, this person, Gaius wrote this letter. Then you'll not be looking at, is it Paul that wrote it? Is it Gaius? It's just basically saying, I detected it, but somebody wrote it down. Somebody was just compiling my thoughts for me. It's just like the, the book of, um, the, the book of, um, mm, the book of Mark. It's a Peter Salmon that Mark documented. So, in fact, there are some other lost books, don't let me see, where they say the, the, the book of Peter or something. I, I don't want to know it. I don't want to read it. It's not my business. I should not. Of course, I don't want to read it. <laughs> it's just like, we should even go and do all this of course thing. Of course, there are lost books in the scripture, but it's not my concern. <laughs> We should go and do, of course, the Supernatural Community Church edition. I think we should do one. Of course, I'm a Supernatural Community Church member. Of course, I have to be in church on Saturday. They said it doesn't start with. It doesn't start well. How does it start with? I'm a Supernatural Community Church member. Of course, I have to be in church on Saturday, even if I don't have a choice. Then they will not, somebody will not say, it's Bible seminar time. Of course, you're a supernatural community church member, you have to have a backpack. Because your Bible and your jotters, some people have like 10 different jotters that they are switching. Which other one? Of course, you have to be in mission. Is of course, you don't know the time you're going home. <laughs> Of course, you know the time you are arriving, but you don't know the time you are leaving. Of course, you have to bring continuous for longer. Of course, you have to bring continuous for longer. Survival kits. fellowship after a long go. Of course, you have to fellowship after a long go. Of course, you have to bring continuous for longer. Of course, you have to attend mission is possible. That one is inevitable. Of course, you have to do a trish for them. Of course, I have to do a trish for them. Of course, I have to do a trish for them. Of course, I have to do a trish for them. Of course, I have to do a trish for them. Of course, I have to do a trish for them. Of course, I have to do a trish for them. Of
Of course, you have to pray. Of course, you have to submit your report. <laughs> Is that what? You have to pray. Though. Of course, you have to submit your spiritual good report. You see? You have to transcribe. Hmm. Wow. Of course. So many of course. We should do our own video. Of course, you cannot bring strife to the church. You cannot be offended. Which other one? Of course, you have to raise disciples. Of course, you have to pray six hours every morning. <laughs> of course, you have to. That way is workership. <laughs> leadership, you have to pray. Of course, you have to see my righteousness. Of course, you cannot bring an iPad. I will put this scripture. Which other of course do we have? Of course, you have to you have, you have to you have to understand the Bible. Of course, you have to yes our clad every day. Wow, we have a lot of of course. You have to pray at least at least. Of course, you have to. Of course, you have to do storm outreach. Of course. Mm, wow, we have a lot of of course. We have to do our own video. We'll post it on our page. Of course, that will not happen. <laughs> Is that one for me? <laughs> oh, thank God that some of you already know the things that are at stake. I think it's best, it's best to know what you can do and what you cannot do. I think it's just, I think that's, that, that's order. I mean, that's the beginning. That's how, that's actually how it should be. You should know what we can do, what we cannot do. Because, just like from the beginning, God already told them, don't do this. If you do this, you see Shege. <laughs> and that was it. So I think I think it's it's order to do what we can do or what we can do. Of course we cannot do it. It's true. Of course you have to do this twenty twenty four. Of course you have to do body devotion. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So now this you see what we just did now. Of course this is supernatural community church. Of course, every supernatural community church has a table and a bag where they pack Bibles and church materials. Every, in fact, I'm so Notre Dame has it. IU, Bloomington, everybody has that table and bag. And maybe this carton. Whoever started that thing in this church, I don't know. And they spread the virus everywhere. 
So, of course, there has to be a table. So now look at what we just did now. We just spoke. Now, somebody who is not a Supernatural Community Church member now, who picks this message now and listen, is going, he's not going to relate with so many things. He's just going to wonder, wow, that is exactly what I was talking about in reading the scripture. So that's why in reading the scripture, you now, so now look at it now. With what we just said now of the occurs, if somebody is interested in joining Supernatural Community Church and listen to this now, basically you say, wow, so this is what I'm about to, this is about to be my life. Are you getting what I'm saying? But look at us now. Look at something. In reading the scripture, many of us, we don't now see it as, it's like saying, what we now do now in Supernatural Community Church, we should expect all the entire body of Christ to be doing it. <laughs> and that's not possible. Everybody to themselves, everybody to their own calling, everybody to what God has called them to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means there are things that are audience specific. Just like what we just finished saying now. Some will not know that we, are, we, are, we write brochures now in our church or we write all these uh, pamphlets and all of those things. In fact, we're going to increase it maybe into like three, three pages or five pages that we'll have to flip this year. I told you that this year we're going to release at least 20 to 30 materials. So get ready for that one. So now, so where did the conversation start from? Who is the speaker I'm talking to? Those are things you need to understand. What's the grammatical structure? So number two, we have to interpret the scripture. Is what is the grammatical structure? The grammatical structure means that you examine the structure of the text that you are reading. And if the needs arise, you need to work them into new paragraphs. You examine the structure of the text, and if the need arises, you, you will rework it into a new paragraph. So in reading the text, you have to insert punctuations. You have to insert punctuation marks to make them comprehensible. So because you will look at everything and say, okay, it's just like how we, I showed you Genesis 1, and I said Genesis 1 did not end in Genesis 1. It ended in Genesis 2, verse 3. Where, and that's proper reading. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you also examine, another, number three way of interpreting the scripture is the grammar. I think that this is actually Bible Eminotis, this one I'm just telling you. But because I don't want to put it in the Bible Eminotis teaching, that's why it seems like I'm, I'm emphasizing it here, so that we can deal with other issues in Bible Eminotis. Now, the grammar. So you will know that the words are not also as English as they sound, and none of the writers in scripture spoke English. They did not understand English. If Paul was to be seated here now, Paul is not going to understand what I'm saying. If Moses was to be seated here, Isaiah, Jeremiah, David, they are not going to understand what I'm saying because they did not speak English. English was not their language. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the grammar must be well understood because communication is done via words, and the audience can readily re relate to it. And like I told you, Genesis 1 is not an attempt by the writer to explain how the earth came into existence. No. What was the writer doing with the creation story? He was explaining to us about our faith, about God, and they were using supernatural word and not science. Just like in Genesis 32 verse, 24, 32 verse 24, where it says Jacob wrestled with God. And that wrestling is not a physical fight, but a supplication in prayer. Supplication in prayer. 
So number five also. No, so number four, number four. What is the text interpreting? You must understand. Scripture must always interpret scripture. Scripture will not interpret dictionary. That's why if I want to use dictionary meaning, I will say this is the dictionary meaning, but we will now also look at the text. Are you getting what I'm saying? But a lot of people, when they want to interpret a text, they will go to dictionary. That's the height of it. <laughs> That's the height of confusion to me. Scripture will always interpret scripture. Scripture will always say, so in order to interpret a text, you must ask the questions. What area of the Old Testament, what area of this Old Testament text is this text interpreting? And not forgetting that interpreting a text or a book is best understanding by reading the book before it. If you want to understand Exodus, read Genesis. If you want to understand Leviticus, read the book before it. If you want to understand Matthew, read the entire Old Testament. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? If you want to understand Mark, read Matthew. If you want to understand, just read the book before it. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you want to understand first, second Samuel, read first Samuel. If you want to understand first Kings, second Kings, read first Kings. If you want to understand eh, Judges, read Joshua. If you want to understand Joshua, read the first five books. Read the books before it, you will understand it. So, number five. What is the theology behind the text? That's number five. Number six. What is the New Testament application of this text? When I was when we're studying, when we're studying, um, you're not born a sinner. I did not mention this number five and number six. Why? Because hmm, I wanted to take it gently. Especially this number six is something we are going to have to deal with almost for life. How did the New Testament? In fact, there's something I'm studying presently on the subject of salvation. I'm still on that issue. If I, it's been giving me a bit of a tough time. How did the New Testament writers explain, take salvation in such that, you know, we today now we say salvation is the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, right? Okay. You know that in the New Testament, in the, the, in the, New, the New Testament audience, they didn't have the death, burial, and resurrection in the Old Testament. So what was salvation to them? When they say we want to be saved, are you getting what I'm saying? So what are they seeing? What was people like Isaiah seeing as salvation? What was somebody like Moses seeing as salvation? What's all like Jerry? See, so you get, are you get, so now that will now lead us into that context of how the New Testament writers approach it. Are you, are you, am I making sense to you guys? So that means, so when is it, so number five is what's the theology behind the test? Number six is what's the New Testament application of the test? How did the New Testament apply? This number six is what will lead me into my series on answering pressing questions. When, I start ask, when we start asking questions of can a believer be an homosexual? Can a believer smoke? Can a believer drink alcohol? Can we believe at this? Because it, what did they do? They were able to pick the text of scriptures and interpret it in their world. And that's something we will obviously have to, every Bible preacher will have to battle with it in today's world. Instead of just going into that normal uh, razzmatazz of, um, of what they call it, just offending people and just say, it's a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin. Don't do it. Don't. Do it. You, you know, instead of saying that, you could just have explained. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
and just make it clearer to people. So what is the New Testament text, our, our, our theology on that? So we said God is not controlling you. That's what we want to study. You know something that we must always know is that God, we need to know how and how God deals with man. Because if you sometimes if we don't know how God deals with man, we might have the perception of God wrongly. Some people believe that. Let me tell you why I'm teaching this. And like I said, you might not really understand why I'm having to teach this now. But as the years progress and you start engaging in more conversations and you start meeting more people, you will be wondering. So, some people have wondered, then why did God even create us? If he just wants to use us like that. If he just wants to control us. That this God is so tyrannical. This and that. You know. So, now that's what, the, the series is called God is not controlling. I'm actually that definite with it. Now, why? Because, now this will give you a perception of so many things. And I want you to be so clear in how God wants to deal with you. And how God wants to work with you. And how God is working with man today. So, there are thoughts that state that God is supreme. There are some people that believe that God is supreme. And because he created the universe, he must be in control of everything. So, like saying... God created the universe, he created heaven and earth, he created man, he created life, he created uh, everything. So he is definitely in control of everything. So this thought believes that man has no will. So that means that a lot of people now believe that the reason why people are going to hell or the reason why people are going to die is because you must not even dare it. It's like saying God is so... Um, God is so humongous. God is so big. You must not dare it to, to disappoint God. You must not dare it to, to disobey. But, <laughs> because they feel like God is controlling everybody. That even you, the reason why you are here right now is because God is controlling you. But the first thing you need to see is who exactly is this God? And the truth of the matter is, we cannot study God without his relationship with human beings. Because the Bible is full of stories of human beings. So the fundamental fact about God is that he works in partnership with his creations. Whether supernatural, supernatural creation, or supernatural beings, that is the sons of God, the angels, or natural, that is human being. So the first thing you and I need to understand is... God works in a team or with a team. That's one thing you first need to understand. God works with a team. Because you know if you know God, you will know how to undo things yourself. In Genesis, let's go to Genesis 1, verse 1. It says in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. In Genesis 1, 1, that's Genesis 1, 1. But look at something in Genesis 3, verse 4. Genesis 3, 4. It says... And serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that the day ye eat, therefore ye shall be like the gods, knowing good and evil. Look at Genesis 6, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, And it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the sons and daughters were born, and the sons of God took them 
I think we've done this in rebellion of Genesis 6. It says the sons of God saw that the daughters of men they were fear, and they took them wives for all that were chosen. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is also flesh, and yet his days on earth shall be 120 years. And they were giants in the earth, and those days also after that, when the sons of God came in into the daughters of men, they bare children unto them, and the same became mighty men, which were hold, men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man great in the earth, and every imagination in his thoughts, his heart was only evil continually. Since and he repented the Lord that he had made man, and it grieved him at his heart. Now, so interestingly, the word God or gods are translated from the same word. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. The word God and gods, that is this, the big letter G O D and the small letter G O D, are created from the same. Uh, from the same root word. Now, from Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, all the God you will see is the big letter G-O-D. From Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, all you will see is G-O-D. Meanwhile, from Genesis 3 to Genesis 50, the writer now used the same G-O-D and G-O-D-S, that is the small letter G-O-D-S, the gods, and also... Other writers apart from Moses, you will see them use those words. That's why you say, for God don't know that the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open in Genesis 3 verse 5. Also, if you look at some text, which, which I will not want to go to because of my time. Genesis, you can just put this down for your reference. Genesis 6-2, Genesis 6-4, Genesis 35-2, Genesis 35-4. Exodus 12, 12, Exodus 15, 11, Leviticus 19, 4, Numbers 25, 2, Deuteronomy 4, 28, Deuteronomy 5, 7, Joshua 23, 7, Deuteronomy 23, 16, Judges 2, 3, Judges 2, 12, Judges 2, 17, Judges 2, 19, Judges 10, 6, Judges 10, 13 to 14, 1 Kings 11, 1 Kings 11, 2, 1 Kings 11, 4, 1 Kings 11, 8, 1 Kings 11, 9, 1 Kings 18, 24 to 25, Psalm 86, verse 8, Psalm 96, verse 3 to 5. So it's important to know that God created these other gods called supernatural being and we've been we've been on this supernatural being for a while and these beings and let me tell you one thing about the supernatural beings and we've addressed the supernatural beings in some earlier teachings and we said that the supernatural beings even the salt the stars the moon the gods they are supernatural beings now and we said that this supernatural being the can either disobey or they can either obey God, either of the two, and it's a function of their will. Just like in Genesis 3, when you, what you read in the whole of Genesis 3 is the supernatural being's disobedience to, because he came to deceive the woman. That's deception. The same thing when you read in Genesis 4, um, Cain and Abel, you will see in that Cain story also a supernatural being story. 
Also, in Genesis 6, the same thing. The supernatural beings were involved. But look at in Psalm 82, verse 1. Psalm 82, verse 1. It says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judged among the gods. How long will he judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? So he said, God started the courage. In that says, defend the poor, the fatherless, do justice and afflicted, afflicted and the needy to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy, read them out of the hand and the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness on all the foundation of the world or the earth, of course. And he said, ye are gods and all of you. I remember when I was much younger, I used to read this text and I used to say it as myself. In the, actually, when I, when I, when I, in fact, even when I started understanding the new creation reality, I used to read this text and I would just say, I am gods. That God has made me gods. You are gods. And you are children of the moon. Because of that children of the moon style. So that's what I used to, I used to, used to console myself. So when I get to church, I'll tell them, even the scripture told us, you are gods. Ha! Huh? Joe, <laughs> that's supernatural being. So, because if you read though, it's even the problem of reading the context. Verse 27, that part we don't always read it. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the priests. We don't always read that part. We don't, <laughs> we don't always read that part. We just stop with you are God. As you know, the most time. Don't because we want to be happy. You will not read verse 8 where you say, Arise, O God, and judge. And judge the end. <laughs> we will not read that part. We will just stay in verse 6. You know. So this fact, the fact that the gods... So now, let me tell you something. The gods that he created, when I mean gods, smaller than G-O-D-S now, that is the, 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 the supernatural beings, the angels, the sun, the moons, the stars, the, so they had their own will also. And what was the purpose of their creation? You know, I told you in that Genesis 1.26, where it says, let us create man in our own image. Who was he talking to? The supernatural beings. No, God the mother. Who. You know, that was the argument I had many years ago, when I, about seven, eight, nine years ago now, I was having an argument with somebody where he told me, when he said, God the mother. I said, ah, bro, God the what? Say God the mother. He said that God has a wife. I said, no. So it shows that God is working in partnership. Are you seeing how God even works? That means that, now, if he's working in partnership, does that mean that he is that bossy? If he's not, if he's, if he's that bossy or controlling or a tyrant, he will just say, I created the man myself. But he said, let us do this thing together. Are you seeing it? And was walking with the supernatural beings. Look at the epistles in 2 Peter 2, verse 4, what they had to speak about the supernatural beings. So you see that the scriptures are replete with the supernatural beings' example. 2 Peter 2, verse 4, it says, For God did not spare the angels that sin, but cast them down into hell, delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Even in Jude 1 6, Jude 1 6, where it says, and the angels that kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. You also see um, 
You also see the now, let me let me let me further stretch your mind into understanding something. When Jesus was exercising his authority over unclean spirits and the devils and all of those things, you see in Mark 20, Mark 1, verse 23 to 25, where it says he rebuked the unclean spirit to come out of him. You see in Mark 5, 2 to 8, where it says, I adjoin you, you evil spirit that torments you, come out of him. That's Mark 5, 2 to 8. You see in Mark 9, verse 17 to 25, where it says, you dumb spirit and deaf spirit, come out. You see Luke 13, 11 to Luke 13, 11 to 13. You see Jesus also call out those spirits. Now, it shows you something. See, and, and I want to open you up in something. I thought something for me. This was two years ago. Um, casting out demons. I, I thought that thing. But let me help your mind. When Jesus was addressing these beings, when he says, or this spirit, when he says foul spirit, evil spirit, spirit of infirmity, death, a dumb spirit, unclean spirit, wicked, and all of these things, they are all these wicked supernatural beings inflicting sickness, inflicting sickness and diseases of people that God did not approve, not approve of God. That is why we have right and authority over it. Because imagine when some what, I, I, I sat down some years ago and I thought, ah, what could just make a normal human being not here again? Apart from okay, maybe he has used his ear to to maybe loudspeaker, or maybe he had an accident, something you know broke from the ear, and you, you get what I'm saying. But somebody is just born deaf and dumb. Ah. Uh-uh. No, no, somebody will say he's God. That can't be God. And he just cannot hear. He cannot talk. He cannot move his mouth. It's, some, it's a spirit behind it. And that's why, that's, why, that's why Jesus called it foul spirit. Dove and dumb spirit. Deaf and dumb spirit. He called it unclean spirit. So this foul, evil spirit, spirit of infirmity, deaf and dumb spirit, of infirmity, they are described as a wicked and evil spirit in their action. Wicked and evil in their action towards men that God has created. They are wicked and evil. And what, when we were studying the rebellion of Genesis 3, Genesis 6, Genesis 11, what did we say that these guys do? These evil spirits, or this that they, they inflict situation remember we said they even taught men to war they inflict situations they inflict circumstances people with so many things just to deal with them so these spiritual beings we inflict sickness and disease on people and these actions are not approved of god so they were disobedient towards god they were disobedient towards god so they will inflict sicknesses they will inflict diseases they will inflict so many things on people just so that people will not be okay. So know that this disobedient spirit can also cause... So you, you should see that this supernatural beast, this evil spirit can also cause men to disobey God. That is why Paul told us that Paul told us that um, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost. Look at what he now says. 
He says, in whom the God, you see, the, now use the supernatural being context again. He says, in whom the God of this world has blinded his eyes. So he said that our battle in this life is supernatural. Preaching is supernatural. Our battle is supernatural. Because God is working with men. So observe the examples of men who disobey God. Is he Adam and Eve? Who was behind it? The serpent. The supernatural being. Genesis 3, 1 to 7. The serpent. And we said the supernatural being is and is and we said the serpent is, is referred to as a supernatural being. And that word in the Hebrew refers to like a divine. That serpent, we, we've explained that serpent where it says a shining one, a divine. And the serpent is create that same serpent, that is created by God. And look at what happened. They cost man to disobey God. Cain and Abel, the same thing. When he says, sin lieth at your door. The right, when he told, when, 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 when God told uh, uh, Cain in, in, in um, Genesis 4 verse 7, sin lieth at your door. The writer used an imagery of a crushing animal because the presence of a supernatural being is in relation with Cain's action. So just like Genesis 3, there was also an imagery of an animal used to represent a supernatural being in case creation. It says, seeing light at your door. It's like saying something is crawling through your door. Are you seeing what the, the writer did? Something is seeing light at your door. It's like something is also <laughs> something is crawling through. He also used that description of an animal to explain to Cain that see another thing is coming to, to you. So look at the world today. And that's why when you look at the world today, you must have a clearer perspective. I watched something yesterday, and this is like an aside note, and that thing really blessed me. Uh, it's one businessman. He said that in China's TikTok, there is a different version of thing, and they're the one that created it. They say they want to mess up America. They, they made a plan. This, you know, the guys that make TikTok are in China are from China. And they said they made a plan. That they want to really mess up America and make America dumb, and they will be more intelligent to create more technologies and more things around the world. So what did they do? If you see, they, now did a, 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 they now did like a description of two TikTok. In China's TikTok, what they are watching in their own TikTok is 1 million divided by 1 million. How to be fast to calculate it. 1 million divided by something, something. You know, but we are always just, we are just laughing. We were just watching some, we were just watching skit. I just say, everybody just say, life, join, 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 join. Please step the red button and we are just distracted. I don't feel like ah, that must be an evil spirit. <laughs> In my mind, when I don't worry, I don't feel like, <laughs> this must be an evil spirit. <laughs> because that has been one distraction that has taken over our generation. And many people are no more productive again because they are just on their phone. So, Back to our some so you must have a clear perception when you are looking at what you are talking to people, when you are preaching the gospel, you must have a clear perception. The same with Genesis 6. Sons and daughters, sons of God and the daughters of men, when they, they came to uh sleep with the daughters of men. So the supernatural beings were in disobedience and they brought forth an offspring who were giants. So those giants are mighty men aided by the supernatural being. We've said this in we've said this in our previous teachings, and we said these giants are the ones that were now later described as the sons of Anak, the children. And these guys had major personalities in fighting Israel. So 
Observe that this disobedience by supernatural beings led to increase of wickedness and evil on the earth. Increase of wickedness and evil on the earth. So God was not... See, you can't say... Look at me, guys. Please, everybody, look at me. You cannot attribute evil to say it's God. Because he did not, he's not the one. He's the beings, the, the supernatural beings, the evil ones, the, the God of this world who is behind them. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So God was not responsible for the actions of these supernatural beings and the men. He was not responsible. Rather, it was a disobedience to God's will. A disobedience to God's will that led to the wickedness and the evil that is on the earth. Disobedience. Also, the Torah of Babel. The Torah of Babel. What happened with the Torah of Babel also? Men acted in disobedience. I, I'm going to teach us on tongues very soon. And I'm going to explain to us that tongues, the how tongues is related to our Babel issue now. And it says, man, our man acted in disobedience to God's will to build a place. What, what, what were they really building in Genesis 11? They were not building, see, if you fly, if you really fly a lot, you, when you look up in the plane, there is still, is still hair, is still, what they call that, is the atmosphere or clouds. There is nothing hope because heaven is in the spirit, not physical. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what were they building? A Zugarat, a place of worship, a temple to house their gods. To, so man wanted to worship the supernatural beings. So when you see a traditionalist today, when you see people worshiping supernatural beings today, when you see people worshiping a deity, a god, they say, this is a, it did not start to do. He has started sins and God was not involved. So it's a temple of idols. That Genesis level thing was a temple of idols in the Mesopotamia uh, culture. So it is important for you to note something that all these actions were done in opposition to the will of the Most High, who was building his own sacred place, that is the Garden of Eden, and the temple. In the old head, true man. So, Genesis 2, verse 7 to 8, he put man that he has formed, he put him into the garden, and he planted that man. So, the building of God's garden, that's the sacred place, the temple, was done by God through men who are his priests, his prophets in the garden. So, in Genesis 11, men built another sacred place as a worship, a place of worship. Genesis 2. Is a, Genesis 2, that Garden of Eden is a temple, a place of worship. Genesis um, 7, 8, where Noah, Noah's ark is a temple. It's not a physical ark. It's a temple. Noah was building a place of worship. That's why there was a pattern built to him. Three layers, heaven, earth, under the heavens. There was a place of worship. Genesis 11, another temple, a place of worship. That's, what, that's all that was happening. In Genesis 28, verse 12 to, uh, 12 to 19, you will see Jacob, where he spoke about the place of worship also. He built a sacred place unto the Lord. 
So just, just and look at something, just so that you can see some, see some, see the fact that Mary bid against or disobey God. We also saw that supernatural beings have been involved. So listen to me, guys. When, when you see an activity of sin in a place, look at me, guys. When you see that everybody is just killing, everybody is just angry, there's just a mob action. You know the funniest thing? What you are seeing in the physical. There's something I thought, I think that was Youth Conference 2020. I said, what did God see on the day of Pentecost? What did the devil see? I don't know if you remember that, that uh, sermon. Where was, what did the devil see? Many a times we are seeing it in the natural way. We are seeing all this riot, all this. Uh, hey, hey, hey. We are saying, why is this country fighting in another country? Why is this? Uh, this uh, Behind that is a supernatural being, a devilish supernatural being walking behind the scene. So it's just like, sorry to say, the NSAS movement that happened in West Africa, in Nigeria, some people say, ha, ah, this. But look at it. What is the fruit of it? Now, it now led to more rebellion, more people are disrespectful, more people are now, more people are don't care again to talk to others anyhow. Hey, so it's okay with it. Hey, talk to people, speak up loud, bad man. <laughs> That's the video word. This, that. It led to something else. So Genesis 3, the serpent was involved. Genesis 4, seeing light at the door. Are you seeing it? Look at the imagery of the description, like something creeping. Through the door, seeing light at your door. That's Genesis for Cain and Abel. Genesis 6, the sons of God were evolved. Genesis 11, temple of gods other than God was built. Now, let's look at the New Testament, Judas' betrayer. Luke 22, verse 3. Let's look at, let's look at even Judas' own. Luke, 23, Luke 22, verse 3. Judas' betrayer. Luke 22, verse 3. Are you learning something? Luke, 23, Luke 22, verse 3. Luke 22, verse 3. And when, it says, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being the number of the twelve. What, 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 what did they say happen? Then entered what? Satan. Look at John 13, verse 27. John 13, 27. Then after the sop, Satan entered into him. He says, and Jesus said unto him, that thou doest, and Jesus said unto him, that, 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 that thou doest, do quickly. So look at that. The syno and look at, so look at what happened. The synoptic account, where God's prophets were killed, were killed by wicked men. But Jesus also alluded certain things in the synoptic account. Look at in, in Matthew 23. Look at Matthew 23, verse 29. Matthew 23, verse 29. If you read that part, Matthew 23, verse 29 to 37, you will see that. And also in Luke 13, verse 34, you will see that the first words of Jesus, Abel was a false prophet that was killed by the wickedness in the hearts of men because he was killed by his brother Cain. Abel was killed by his brother Cain. But look at how the New Testament writers said he was killed. Look at 1 John 3, 12. 1 John 3, 12. Look at how the New Testament writers. 
You know, don't forget, what did we say? What did we say we would look at in studying? In, what's the number six way of interpreting the scripture? What's the New Testament application to the text, right? Alright, look at in 1 John 3, verse 12. It says, Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and slew his brother, wherefore he was slew, because of his own works were evil, but his brother was righteous. Look, it says, Cain was now described of the wicked one. Cain was described of the wicked one. So now, even the prophet, Jesus said the prophet in Matthew 23, verse 29 to 37, were killed by the wicked one. Uh, the same thing with Cain. Okay, look at Jezebel. Jezebel, 1 Kings 18. Let's look at Jezebel. <laughs> That's another character in scripture that we have to look at someday. Jezebel, 1 Kings 18. That she just, that one can kill any killer. In fact, today, nobody names their child Jezebel. <laughs> because, of, <laughs> because of somebody. Yeah, Jezebel. Don't be a Jezebel. In fact, even people still use it today to tell you, don't be a Jezebel. You are the Jezebel in my life. You are the this in my this. Don't be a Jezebel. <laughs> don't be a Jezebel. First Kings 18, 4. It says, For it was so, Jezebel cut off the prophets. <laughs> it says, Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took, an hundred prophets, and eat them. But in the cave, 50 in the cave and fed them with bread and water. You know, Obadiah had to hide. So you see that? For you to even understand Obadiah now, wait till, before we, we, we even get there. You know, these still first kings. They already mentioned Obadiah here. When you now go to the book of Obadiah, do you know you have to, you still need this background? I don't know if you just understood what I just said. You know, if you go to the book of Obadiah now, this story is not there. <laughs> This story is not there. So that means you need this background to understand who Obadiah is where Obadiah is coming from and who he is. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So <laughs> see that Bible study is not, it's not, it's not to be rushed. Okay, that's just an aside. But Obadiah had to hide all of these prophets. Imagine I didn't see it. Let's be let's stay here <laughs> before Jezebel catch you and cut off your head. And in fact, let's read, let's read this. It says, and Ahab in verse 5, and Ahab said unto Obadiah, you know, Ahab is Jezebel's husband. <laughs> Ahab said to Obadiah, go into the land, unto the forget all the way, perversion we might find grass to save the horses and the alive, that we may lose all the beasts. And I said, so they divided the land into the land. Ahab went one way, Obadiah went another way. Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him. He says, and so you see that Obadiah also met Elijah. So if you go to the book of Obadiah now, you need a lot of background. Okay. So he now says, Had thou the Lord from Elijah? And he answered, I am. Go tell the Lord. Behold, Elijah is here. And says, Have I sinned and delivered me? And the answer of Ahab to slay me. So even Elijah, you know Elijah ran from this woman? Everybody used to say, There's this joke that is, Elijah killed so many, Elijah has destroyed so many things. But when he came to women, to a woman, he ran. They will not tell you, fear women. Use 365 days of your life plus an extra one to fear woman. <laughs> Elijah ran from a woman. Yeah. He saw that this one, this one can kill him. He went to, in fact, he, he heard and the Lord told him, Behold, the journey is too far. 
Uh, look at the verse 14. And that's here. Go tell the Lord. Behold, the letter is here. He will slay me. He shall slay me. So, the woman was brutal. Jezebel was so brutal. that Obadiah had to hide 100 prophets from me. From, because she has killed so many of them. So, she needed to hide the other... So, you look, at, look at the background now. So, you see the background that they are presenting to us about Obadiah. So, when you now get there, in the book of Obadiah, you will start seeing more things and you have to understand again. <laughs> so, Jezebel was that brutal. He hid 100 prophets from in the caves in order to preserve the lives from the wickedness of, of Jezebel. Um, if you read 1 Kings 19.1 to 3, 1 Kings 19.1 to 3, you will see where Elijah ran. Look at what Ahab told Elijah in 1 Kings 19.1. It says, And Ahab told Elijah all that Elijah has and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah has done. And with her, she has slain all the prophets with this sword. Wow, what a woman. So she just slid there with this sword. So the Jezebel sent a message down to Elijah. So look at what it is. So let the gods do to me. And more also, if I not if I make not thy life as the one of them by tomorrow at this time. <laughs> what a threat. Is it letting go? It's like go and let go. <laughs> like, let the gods do to me. If I make not your life like one of the other prophets I've killed by this time tomorrow. And when he saw that he arose, he went for his life. And he went to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. And then he even, Elijah even left his own servant there, he ran away. <laughs> you know, that's wisdom. So when you see Jesus running away from killing, where did he learn him from? You know, the Bible says Jesus ran away from the people that want to stone him. He has learned from Elijah. <laughs> Jesus has learned. You see some instances too. God's prophets were also imprisoned by kings, Jeremiah and Micah. 1 Kings 22, 1 Kings 22, verse 8 downwards. You read it, you see that they were in prisons. Jeremiah, they went through so many things. They put affliction on them. They were afflicted. Also in the synoptic account, John the Baptist, Mark 6, <laughs> verse 14 to 28, they used John the Baptist to do suya, to do kebab meat. Say, bring his head for me in the butcher. <laughs> he was killed by Herod the king on the request of his wife through the daughter. You cannot tell me that was not inspired by the devil. <laughs> no, we don't let somebody have that kind of stupid daughter. <laughs> we say, Lord, Daddy, I want the end of this guy. Uh -uh. What a request. Daddy, all I just want is, he said, like, is he going to give you a house? Is he going to give you a house? <laughs> the, the king was, ask me anything, the truth. You see, she became careful of ask me anything question. <laughs> <laughs> you see, ask me anything. Just see this and that. Say, give me the head of John the Baptist. What is what an inspiration? Mark 6 14 to 28. You see that there? You see Mark Matthew 14, 1 to 12. You see that there. So you see that. Now you see some look at also in Luke 9. Look at Luke 9, verse 9 to Luke 9, verse Luke 9, verse 7 to 9. Um, you also say that Jesus was captured and killed by wicked men in Luke 9, by, by 7 to 9. You, there's a way the book of Acts explained it. 
in Acts 2 verse 23, it says, Him be delivered by the determinate counsel of the fallen, ye have taken by the wicked hands and slain him. There was something that Jesus really said in Luke 22 verse 52. Let's go there. That, 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 I, I, that's, that's, I, I really like that statement in Luke 22. I like it, I don't like it. Luke 22 verse 52. It says, when Jesus said unto them in the sheep priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to me, but ye come out as against the thief of sword did say in verse 53, that says, When I was dealing with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. And you see that there was something involved in all of these actions that were in the scripture. I don't know if you are seeing it now, that there was a being, there was a spirit. It's just like in Acts 12. There's one, two, five. They killed James. They killed um, James. Herod killed James and they were intending to kill Peter also. But Peter was miraculously delivered from them. They killed James and they wanted to kill Peter also. They were like, "Uh we have captured one. Oh yeah, let's go for the next one. So therefore, all these scenarios shows us where God's prophet has been in prisons, God's prophet, it is evident that those who did so were not controlled by God. So if God was controlling people, some actions will not have happened. Are you seeing it? If God was the one who was behind all of these things, all these things will not happen. So it is evident that God did not create beings who are robots. That's something you must know. God did not create a robot. All the creations of God, both supernatural beings and natural beings, were not created as a robot. What is a robot? A robot is a machine that is programmed to move and perform certain tasks automatically. So all of this evil were carried out and they were influenced by, a supernatural, by the supernatural beings who have rebelled against God. So, God has given his creatures a will. So, one thing you must know is that God has given his creatures a will. So, the will that God gave to his creatures has given them the ability to either obey or disobey God. So, that will is is either, it makes them either obey or disobey. And the scriptures are bound with the examples of men who either obeyed or disobeyed God. So, one thing you should always know is that God always works in partnership with his creatures. He does. God, for God to partner with man, he needs man. He works with partnership with his creatures. Not that he occupies the seat of control while his creature acts outside of his will. Man has received his will from creation, from birth. Whether he does now, whatever he does now is an exercise of his will. So, does God really control man? I think I should change the title of this series to does God control man? 
I think that's what I would tie to it. It doesn't. God does not control man. God is not tel- teletobies. He's not doing you as... How many of you watch those teletobies things when you're younger? Like teletobies. <laughs> God is not doing you like teletobies. God is not doing you like, oh yeah, sit down here. Move. No. God does not control man. He wants to walk in partnership. That is why it is when you believe him, he will come into your heart. Amen. Let's take a, let's take a, so about five minutes break, I will come back. <laughs>